This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Hi, folks. This is your friend Dennis Connor coming to you courtesy of Specialty Produce Podcast Network. And the Harrington Brothers, very generous with their time in their studio. Thank you, especially Roger, who takes his personal time to help uh, make all this possible. Thanks, Raj. And nice to be back. It's been a while, folks, especially uh, in view of the fact there's a lot going on in the month of June and July. We saw the uh, two Mackinac races, one from Chicago, one from Bayview. That's going to be a very tough race, you know, that Chicago Mac, but not this year. It uh, it was uh, relatively slow, so my friends uh, Barbara Thomas and Lindy Thomas got to the uh, island and got their chairs all set to go, and they had plenty of time because some of the boats, 300-something miles, it, it, it took uh, four days. So imagine 70 miles a day, not the Chicago Mac that we hear stories about. And then, of course, the Bayview Mac uh, had another uh, – uh, all-around race with a bit of a storm coming to the end. So we had the two Mackinac races, and then, uh, of course, the transatlantic race. This is an interesting race. The big boats uh, got off to a good start, but then they had a big high off the coast of France and had a hard time getting in. So some of the little smaller boats, I say smaller, 50-foot, like Karina, Reef Spots, vulnerable uh, uh, boat uh, racing. It seemed big to me, but small in the transatlantic race. So they made it there. No uh, big uh, issues. And uh, that that went fine. The next uh, big race that here in Southern California and uh, people that uh, have been following yacht racing for a long time know is the Honolulu race every uh, two years. And so this is the biannual two-year event. It starts off uh, Long Beach, goes around Santa Catalina, uh, Catalina Island to Port, and finishes off Diamond Head between four and two weeks later, depending on the, the kind of boat. So this year we had the uh, uh, largest entry uh, field ever. And they, most of the boats got off to a pretty good start. There was a rumor that uh, low pressure we had down in Mexico, uh, the wind uh, drug uh, the high a little lower so people had to take a longer course to stay low because that's great circle route is high of course and uh they finally worked their way back up to the right uh down the course and had a uh, pretty darn good race just to uh, mention that uh, bad pack a san diego yacht club boat had a, a good ra- uh, race and winning their division but the to me the most interesting part of the race was uh unfortunately uh, happened to two of my friends. Uh, John Sangmaster spent a lot of effort and time in uh, upgrading his uh, his sled to uh, be uh, better rated and hopefully go no slower. And uh, they got off to a good start. They were right with Piwacket after the first night. And all of a sudden, uh, they hear a big noise. Boom. Oh, my God. We can't steer the boat anymore. And what it turned out to be is a similar problem to what we had with the uh, uh, Stars and Stripes, where the lower rudder uh, quadrant and bearing broke and our boat sunk into the bottom of Long Beach Harbor. And in this case, uh, 
the uh, when the lower uh, bearing gave way, uh, the uh, OEX John's uh, Santa Cruz seventy started taking on water, and uh, it didn't take long for them to realize they were in a lot of trouble. One thing that uh, exasperated the problem was they had a watertight bulkhead in the front of the boat, so if they hit something in the front, the boat wouldn't sink bow down. But now with the water coming in out of the stern, imagine a trash can full of water uh, coming in uh, by the tens of hundreds a minute. They're worried that the boat actually might sink stern down. And then the mass would come with the sails up, of course. It was three in the morning when the mass would fall over on the back of them on, on their rafts. So they didn't waste any time once they knew they were in trouble. Eric Bernstein was back there, brave man crawling under that deck to get that rudder quadrant off. And ascertain the problem. I heard it was like a uh, old faithful the geyser coming in. So, the, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, as the case may be, is that uh, Piwacket was uh, sailing this very similar route. Got a call three in the morning. I, I think Gary Wiseman was steering the Piwacket. Uh, my, uh, he happens to be my next door neighbor. I felt really bad for him. And so uh, right in their direct line, uh, half or three-quarters of a mile away was the OEX and uh, sinking with nine folks on board, three in the morning. So they see the flares. They sail over there. The uh, people on the OEX got their rafts tied together so the boats wouldn't have to come alongside. They uh, transferred from one boat from the OEX over to the Piwacket without incident. And But the uh, situation was not only is the OEX sinking – but uh, the Piwacket has nine extra guys, and they're still five, six, seven days from Hawaii. So this this is never going to work for them. They're not going to get the barn door or the first uh, monohull to finish, and they're probably not going to win their class. Maybe they get redressed, but having to spend five or six days with uh, uh, nine extra people wasn't what they had in mind. So they decided to pull the plug, turn around, and bring the OX crew back to uh, Long Beach and, uh, dis- and disembark. Of course, this ruined the race for Piwacket as well as OEX. And, but I understand that Disney, uh, uh, Roy Pat, Disney stepped up and flew the crew over there to meet the wives, which are on their way to the uh, finish line. So too bad and really too bad. It takes a big effort to get that race, the rafts, the food, the timing, the entry, passports, logistics home. It's a, it's a big, big deal. And uh, I felt uh, really bad for Zhang Sagmaster and, of course, the crew of, uh, of uh, Piwak. It ru- ruined their race. But uh, life will go on. No one was killed. I understand that of the 90 boats, that nine of them uh, had trouble finishing. So uh, a bit of attrition. The uh, J125s prevail again. They've, I think they've won uh, four of the last five races on time. This time, uh, no problems with the prop falling off like we've seen before. So no controversy on the J-125 fleet. Well done. And uh, again, nice job to our, our local guys with uh, Benny Mitchell and Gary saving the OX crew and uh, Bad Pack uh, winning their class. So moving on, well, uh, what's next? Well, we had the uh, uh, coming up of the St. Bart's Bucket in uh, St. Bart's, and the boats just get, keep getting bigger, much like the Hawaii race. The barn door used to go to 73-footers like Kealoha and Audacious. Now they then they build 80-footers, swing keel, bigger, 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 100-footers. Much has happened in St. Bart's. 
It used to be a, a small local regatta, and I read recently now there's going to be a 200-foot boat with 60 in the crew, and the spinnaker is bigger than an area of a football. So imagine having 60 people in St. Bart's, get them there, get the swag out, 60 belts, 60 shirts, 60 pairs of pants. Where are we going to stay? Where are we going to eat? Imagine getting all those cats headed in the same direction. Big, big job for a uh, week of fun and pleasure in uh, St. Bart's. But this, this is what it's come to. And it'll be interesting to see uh, how the big boats prevail. They get some, some uh, great shots. Sharon Green will be there with uh, her, her camera, and we'll undoubtedly see some nice shots from the Caribbean in next year's uh, uh, calendar. So what else? Well, let's talk about, the, to me, the uh, really the big event of uh, June and July. And unfortunately, it had to do with the passing of Lowell North. Very sad for me because I held him as the best of the best. I grew up in the San Diego Yacht Club area where Lowell was the king. Uh, he just an amazing person, really an engineer by background at Narco, but he had a propensity for spars and sails. He, he uh, built and recut some of his uh, father's starboat sailors when he was a young guy. And his real passion with uh, life w- was uh, racing starboats. So, Kay, uh, his wife sp- uh, spent her life savings buying him a sewing machine. And he talked uh, Paul Merle into helping him, who was a sailmaker with Herb Senoffer, knew how to make uh, a rough idea of how to make some sails. And Lowell started uh, Norse sails. So, ma- imagine uh, the nerve it would take to quit your. F- job at narco and uh got two three kids a wife to support and going off on your own with that his his dad helped him wilbur helped him uh get started with a little building uh down near the san diego yacht club and off they went so paul merle he decided well maybe working on a uh, large boat was better than crawling around on my hands and knees so they talked to uh, charlie rogers into helping uh lowell and uh voila off went north sales i think one of the Big things they came up with, instead of making straight seams and, and allowing on stretch of cotton, like the, the hood and ratsy lofts, Lowell actually uh, built sails with taper, the uh, seams with tapers in it, creating the fullness in the sails. So he was ahead of his time there, and of course, uh, he was ahead of his time in the building of, uh, of, the, of the equipment. Between he and Carl Eichenlaub, they came up how to make a cedar core spruce star mass that was a pound lighter in the tip weight, which made a big difference. And uh, Lowell was always at the uh, leading path of the, of the pack of star boats. And this was really where he made his name for himself. Imagine winning the star boat worlds when you're 16, 17 years old. Uh, he was in front of Malin Burnham when they won at the end of the World War II. But that was just the beginning for Lowell. He went on to win uh, four more Star World Championships. And it could have been a fifth. It, he had a little problem in uh, tr- with Charlie DeCardinus in Havana, but uh, he, he, he managed. He, he really should have uh, had six World Stars, if you count the one with Malin and the one he should have won in Havana. So imagine six World Star Championships. And then, and then the beat goes on. We're not finished there. He, he took Charlie and Dick Deaver off to uh, the 74 Olympics in Tokyo in a dragon, won a bronze medal. 
followed up with that historic uh, event in Acapulco where he took Al Rafi's uh, starboat down there and had a big edge. But he had some issues where the, his higher lock at the top of the mast came loose. So any of you that have sailed off Acapulco know it's a light air, quite choppy and rough. But a Herculean effort to take the mast out of the starboat in the ocean, get the, uh, the, the, the wooden mast down floating in the water, feed the sail up the spar, pull it up to the top, tie it to the top, and uh, with the help of Peter Barrett, a tremendous guy and athlete, re-step the mast at sea with a sail on and go out and uh, win the gold medal in Acapulco. Just, just amazing, amazing, amazing uh, effort. But this was, this, this was law. But he, he built his career in these racing these small boats, but his expertise carried over into the mass and engineering of mass. And he had a five-spreader rig with Evergreen in the SORC that I won with Stinger in 1974. Always at the head of his class. So just a you know, a wonderful wonderful guy. Of course, uh, it didn't take uh, long for everyone in the world to know what a great sailor he was. So he got uh, signed up to uh, skipper the Enterprise in the America's Cup. Had a little hard time beating uh, us with courageous, and uh, that was pretty much the end of his uh, big boat career. But his legacy went on and on uh, with the uh, North Sales. Now they're the largest uh, marine. Uh, company in the world. They, they were uh, sold to Terry Kohler and the Kohler I- I- I Network, and they were smart enough to hire Tom Whitten in Perth in uh, 1987. So Tom, with the leadership and help of Terry, or uh, the other way around, with the help of Terry, Tom went on to build North Sales and uh, into the $300 million conglomerate is now. And congratulations to that that, that uh end of the North era, as far as I'm concerned, with uh, Lowell and uh, Tom Wynn coming really coming through like champs, and, and the champs they are not only in business, but in life. So God bless you, Lowell. You'll be missed, and uh, all things have to come to an end, but you, you, you were the best, Lowell. You really were. So congratulations on that. Okay, what's next? Well, the, uh, some of you are wondering, well, where has Dennis been for a while? Well, unfortunately, all that hiking I did on the starboat and uh, the uh, two trips a week on American Airlines sitting down took its toll on my lower back. So I, I've had some spinal, uh, basically, de- degeneration. So I, I have a broken uh, or ha- had a broken lower back that resulted in uh, my sciatic nerve being pressured by my spine. I, I was basically reduced to a cripple. I couldn't really walk, barely could walk uh, to the bathroom at the house. But fortunately, with the help of Scripps Institute, uh, Chris Van Gorder, John Engel, and uh, the surgeon, my surgeon, uh, Dr. Greg Mundus, they uh, surgically uh, tried to repair my back a week or so ago at uh, Scripps Green Hospital and I can tell you that I'm, I'm walking with uh, one-tenth of the pain I used to have. I still a little soreness, but I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, being a normal human being again and uh, not, not walking with, with the same intense pain. So if, if that works, I'll be back on the, on the Menace and the Splendor for next year. And if it doesn't work, life will go on somehow. 
Splendor will uh, be uh, up for sale and have a nice home, hopefully in San Diego. And the uh, Nelson Merrick 43, the Menace, will uh, be available for someone else to enjoy, as I have for the last 10 years. And still pretty darn competitive. Well-sailed, can win a race. Very hard to beat uh, some of the ratings of the of the bigger boats, but I've I've had a good run with her, and uh, if, if I can't race her anymore, it'll be too bad. But I'm I'm looking forward to uh, getting back out on the race course. There's a big regatta in Monaco in the middle of September, and then of course the America's Cup will be coming uh, to into play uh, shortly in 18 months. So as far as the America's Cup, what we know is there was some real setbacks uh, in the, the manufacturing of the equipment, the the uh, fins and the out, the outriggers, the pontoons that these boats will uh, fly around on uh, were was delayed in construction or there was a problem with the integrity of them. I'm not sure which. They don't talk about it very much. But the boats that were supposed to be up and going right now by the rule have not uh, been seen. A lot of practice boats, they know these Practice boats are going uh, very fast, and they're expecting that these new monohulls with foils will be very exciting. In my mind, we'll have to see if they're dangerous or not. It could be with the when you've got an outrigger out six, eight feet out from your boat, and you're already uh, 20 feet wide, what's going to happen if one of these runs over another boat or hits a guy or person at 50 knots? It, w- it won't be pretty. So the New Zealanders have been playing this down a little bit. They haven't been talking too much about their boats, but they have been uh, extolling the uh, new village, the Auckland America's Cup village, bigger and better than ever. The uh, construction of the home team, Team New Zealand, is well underway. The uh, challenger, the uh, Italians, have uh, got their uh, base all set, and they're building the other two bases for the British and the American effort, as we speak, they're coming along nicely. It, I'm kind of sad to say, and, but uh, the truth is that the Stars and Stripes, uh, the other American effort, doesn't seem to have made any progress. And I think it is notable to uh, that the, there is no construction going on for their base. So we'll have to wait and see if the Long Beach-based effort can uh, get beyond uh, a little marketing and really come up with the money. I would say most of the people in the know uh, don't want to wish them any bad luck, but they're skeptical as to whether they'll come up with the money necessary to have a competitive effort. I still wish them well. They're using the Stars and Stripes name, but uh, don't at this point don't know really uh, what what to uh, expect. As far as uh, other activities in town, we've got the hot rum coming up and. Some people are talking about starting a San Diego handicap fleet that could race uh, with uh, amongst themselves with ratings that they like, and uh, maybe get a start from the CRA if if uh, Colleen Cook can fit it in. So that's what's going on uh, now here in the uh, San Diego scene. So looking forward to a, a busy championship series as the summer winds down. And uh, I hope I have something worthy of reporting to tell you about uh, in the near future. But that's about it for now. It's Dennis Connor. Glad to be back on the air with the help of Roger Harrington and the Harrington Boys at the Specially Produce uh, Podcast Network. So 
That's about it for now, and look forward to seeing you all again soon, and uh, thanks for tuning in. <laughs>